Welcome to Harvest Time. My name is Chris Harper. Our host on this program is Pastor Gary Walton, the pastor of Harvest Baptist Church. And often on this program, we tell the stories of Harvest Baptist Church, featuring interviews with our members, which we'll do today. You can join us for the second message in our series, Growing in Grace, beginning this Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. Today, I want to start by welcoming Pastor Gary Walton. Good afternoon, Chris. Good to be with you again today. And we are looking forward to our time this coming Sunday. Uh, We began this series actually two Sundays ago, and then I was uh, off-island last Sunday. But we'll be continuing with the second part of Growing in Grace, talking about this theme that's all throughout the New Testament, really all throughout the Scriptures, uh, I think foundational for our lives as a Christian. So we're looking forward to week number two uh, coming up this Sunday. And what will we be talking about on the topic of grace this week? Well, it might be surprising to you if you're thinking about this, but we're actually going to spend our time in Romans chapter 3 this week, specifically verses 21 through 26. Um, Romans 3 is one of those mountaintop passages in the Bible. In fact, I've said this a couple different times. Uh, If you're asking me to if I could summarize the main ideas of the scriptures in the key chapters, I would tell you to remember the threes, Genesis chapter three, John chapter three, and Romans chapter three. And if you really understood what uh, God's word was saying in those three chapters, it gives you a pretty good panorama of the whole of the scriptures. So Romans chapter three is a very doctrinal, uh, sort of heavy conversation about what salvation means. And uh, verses 21 through 26, this word grace comes up as sort of a central word that defines all of these other things. So, And uh, we're going to talk about some key uh, doctrinal terms, uh, even things like justification and redemption and propitiation. So those are words that come up in this text, and they're centered around this idea of grace. The great thing that we get to do on this program is we get to talk to people about their stories, and uh, a main feature of that is always about grace, and I'm sure those other words come up as well, either just explained or or mentioned, and so hopefully we'll get to some of that today as well. Yeah, exactly. Um, We mentioned two weeks ago that uh, grace comes up to us, or comes to us in two dimensions, the, the vertical dimension and the horizontal dimension, and we will never really be able to understand the horizontal dimensions of grace. That means our relationships with the people around us until we genuinely understand what God has done for us, the vertical dimensions. So this Sunday is primarily, I think, trying to get a very good foundation of what it means that God has showered his grace on us and, uh, and you're right, that is a lot of the stories that we've been hearing on this show as we interact with different people that are part of the Harvest family and uh, have an opportunity to hear what God's done in their life. And I'm really thrilled today to have with us Jet Conda. Jet has been a part of Harvest for a couple of years, and I'm going to have a chance to ask him a few questions about um, his life, his relationship with God, but we're really glad to have you with us today, Jet. I'm glad to be here, Pastor. Jet, tell me a little bit about your background. Where did you grow up? And tell me how you met Jesus Christ and what Christ means to you. I grew up in the Philippines, which is a 
majorly a Catholic country. So I was born a Catholic, and I've been serving in the church until I was 12 years old. And then my dad, when he went abroad to work, there was a missionary from PI who was working also there that shared the gospel to him. And then I just heard about it. And as a former Catholic, it's like a rebellion. It's like an abandonment of your family if you switch from being a Catholic into a different religion. It didn't give me any good impression when I heard about that until he went back home for vacation. And I just saw changes. I saw something different in his life, in the way he talks, in the way he, he deals with us. And he's holding his Bible, which is, hmm. to me, that time was very funny because why would my dad hold the Bible? And why would he be sharing it to us? So I didn't listen to him. And then he made me watch a film about hell how the hell is real, but as a young man, it doesn't scare me because young men, we're just, we think we, we have more time on earth and we have more time to spare. So we don't think about our souls. We don't think about our spiritual lives. We only think about enjoying life until one of uh, his friends called a pastor to minister to us to have a Bible study. And as the youngest and trying to be obedient to my dad, I attended that Bible study. And then I came to know Christ. He shared the, God, the, the pastor shared the gospel to me. I realized that even though I'm a good boy, as my mom always uh, tell me, <laughs> not, not all the time, but... Not all so, the time so, you're a good boy, but sometimes. Sometimes I'm a okay. good boy. And I, think, yeah. I thought that was enough. And then I realized that I am a sinner. And because of sin, the only reason I'm alive is not because I'm young or because I'm healthy. It's all because of God's grace and mercy that's holding me, keeping me from... Uh, going to the final destruction because of my sin. And that's when I realized I needed Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. How old were you at that time? I was uh, 12 years old. Yeah, that was uh, three days before my birthday. And you have brothers and sisters. Did your brothers and sisters, what about your mom? Did they also come to faith in Christ about the same time? Yeah, I think it was about the same time. The last one in our family that we did not expect we thought it was going to be me or my, my brother, but it was my sister. So she, she never attends uh, the, the Mass in the Catholic Church, but out of rebellion, out of showing that, hey, here's what we grew up to. I, I, I was born a Catholic. I would die a Catholic. That's, that, that's the mantra of every Catholic people in PI. So she was attending the Mass while we were attending the, the services in the church until uh, God answered her prayer. And God got a hold of her, and she professed Christ, too, as her Lord and Savior. Tell me about those early days of your Christian life. You're 12 years old. Did you start growing as a Christian? And what did God use to help sort of mature you in your faith? I am a very uh, timid person. So seeing people and seeing Christians, just talking to everyone, having a conversation with people they don't know, sharing the gospel, it's really scary to me. But every time I realize how someone who do not know me personally had the courage because of concern, because of what he experienced in Christ to share, me the, to share the gospel to me, it, it just moves me. It moves me to want to be able to share the, the gospel to other people too. Yeah, how would you describe that gospel? I mean, what was it that was different about what you're hearing from your dad as he, as he came back to your family um, that maybe was different from what you'd 
heard or known or believed before? Well, typically it's, um, first of all, it's the, the images. He was like uh, fighting over uh, his uncle, who's Christian. I didn't get uh, much time to talk about my, my faith with my uncle because he, he died a few, a few years after I got saved. So my dad was fighting over him and the images if they would stay in the house. My dad was like, if we remove these images, it would remove God's blessings. So what I see from that is that we, we see God as someone who would just give whatever we want, whatever we need in our lives, physically, to give us a better life on earth. But I, I've never heard someone before in my former belief about that there's so much more than our lives on earth, that, that we have a soul, which is more important than what we think is we have now, presently in this world. So when you started understanding maybe a fuller picture of what the Bible had to say about your life, was there a, a point in time when you felt like you, you became a believer or part of the family of God? And, and how did that work for you? Uh, that was during the first service that I attended. After the preaching, after the message, after the gospel was explained, the pastor asked, so who among these people now is uh, absolutely 100% sure that after he dies, his soul is going to heaven? And I just had that, uh, that, that confidence in the word of God that he promised to everyone who will believe in him will not perish but will have everlasting life. So that, that confidence is just that, that, that faith that you can put on Christ, that he died for you, it's not your works that would save you. It's what he did for you. It's, it's, it's amazing. It's, I can't even think of any reason why Almighty God would do that for me. So the big contrast in your thinking was in the idea that the things that you would do and going to church and mm -hmm. the good works that you would do, perhaps you felt before like that was what was going to get you to heaven. Mm -hmm. And at this time, you understood that it was only by God's grace and you needed to ex accept mm -hmm. freely God's gift of salvation and give yourself completely to him. Is that what happened? Yes. Uh, I'm not even thinking about heaven before. Uh -huh. I'm just thinking about the present life. But then I realized it's, it's all temporal. What's more important is the life after this life on earth. You've told me before about some of the ways that God began training you as you graduated from high school and you became more and more hungry from the scriptures. Tell me about that. So uh, God gave me the, finally he gave me the courage to, to share the gospel to, to my friends, to other people. I, I lost some friends, especially my uh, close friends during high school because they think, there's something wrong with me. I, I'm not going with them anymore with some things that mm -hmm. a Christian is not expected to do. Because it's not just that I think it's wrong. It's just because when I got saved, God gave me different desires. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying I won't enjoy the things I enjoyed before, but there's just something I, I would have joy more doing them rather than doing the things I did formerly before. So I had a chance to uh, lead a Bible study in, uh, in a campus near the church where I grew up. And there, were, there, there is the, the place where I met all these close friends mm -hmm. I have until now that we are still continuing praying for each other. We still have a group chat. We report everything that's going on in our lives and how, how God is moving and uh, 
teaching us and continue revealing himself in our lives, which is uh, one of the, the blessings after I got saved that I'm really thankful for God. I'm praying that I can keep, keep those relationships and we can build that up, that we can share the gospel to our friends that don't know Christ yet. It's one of the things that the Bible speaks very clearly about the New Testament does in particular, that we grow in community. Uh, we're not designed by God to try to live out our faith on our own. That's why God gave us the church and why it's such an important theme all throughout the New Testament, that we need each other in order to have accountability, um, to spur each other on um, to loving God and loving other people. And so I think it's a an awesome thing to see the way that God allowed you, even at that stage of your life while you're still in college, right, to, mm. to have these friends. But they're more than just friends. They were really spiritual accountability partners for you and people that would encourage yes, and exhort yeah. you to uh, pursue hard after God. It's a great story. Thanks. So that all of this story that you've been telling us so far is uh, in, in the PI, in the Philippines, correct? Mm-hmm. But you live here on Guam now, mm-hmm. and uh, I didn't ask you earlier, how old are you, Jet? I'm 24 years old. Okay, 24 years old now, and uh, you came to Guam a few years ago. Tell me about how God designed that transition and, and uh, brought you to, to this place. Yeah, so it was a long story before we got here. So we, might, we moved here, I guess, maybe four or five years ago, which is against my will, but I'm just trying to obey my parents as a normal Filipino kid would do. Uh-huh. Y- your parents just tells you what to do and you just got to obey. So I did that in obedience, but still my heart is disobedient to my parents. And I think that's not what God wants me to do. So after a month waiting for our green card to arrive, because we, if I go back to PI without my green card, I won't be able to come back here. Mm. And I know that would break my parents' hearts. So I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. That's, what, that's the reason why I came here, because I don't want to break their hearts. But after a month when the green card arrived, I was just in tears. I uh, biked far from where we were staying here on Guam, and I was just in tears thinking that it is uh, God's answer to my prayers, that finally I, I can prove to my parents that I'm trying to obey them, but I'm, I know what's right for me. I know better than them is what I'm thinking, so I... I know I don't, it didn't have their blessings for me to go back to PI. So they, I have no money. I wasn't working when I got here. I wasn't done with my degree. So my, my sister still has her phone. Because I'll just uh, tell a quick story about our phones before we got here. Sure. So um, my dad and I were outside our house for just three, four hours. And then some people thieves break into our house that day and we lost everything we have all the gadgets we have except for the money that we would be able to pay the visa so we can come here so that was like to my dad it's it's a it's a blessing so uh, when i got here only my sister has her phone because she always brings her phone with her mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, i told her i asked her if uh, would you be willing to sell that phone so I can buy a ticket going back to PI. Oh, wow. And like, I think I'm doing God's will. Mm. And if I'm doing God's will and if you support me, God will bless you for that. So I convinced my sister and mm. we sold the phone and I bought a ticket, which is not round, 
not a, not a round trip ticket. It's a just one way ticket. No intentions of coming back here. Yeah. Although my parents didn't know about that, and that was before Christmas time, so which really hurt my mom. And then, to cut the long story short, almost six months after that, when I got to PI, because if you have a green card, you should go back to Guam at least before six months, or your green card will be void. You won't mm. be able to come back here. So my mom was crying and uh, asking me if I can go back here on Guam before my green card expires. And so, yeah, I, I, went, I went back and uh, asked her if I can just go back to college and I can stay there for about every five months and come back here every, every five months just so my green card won't be, won't be voided. So it happened, and then just uh, two months before my graduation, I got an email from Harvest, from uh, Pastor Jared, asking me if I would be interested in uh, working here at Harvest. I'm like, oh man, so if my parents would know about this, they would, they would ask me to come back to Guam. And uh, a lot of things happened to me spiritually and uh, personally that I, I can't mention here. But uh, one thing I realized is that God always has plans different from what we want and that His uh, plans are al always better. And there's, you, you can try fighting it. You can try fighting God's will in your li life. You, you can try convincing yourself that God's will is according to what you want and not what according to what He wants. But ultimately... Uh, God just performs what He wants in your life, and I think that th that that's grace. That's just uh, how God get a hold of us. But before He does that, He makes us realize that He is an all powerful and all loving God, and mm -hmm. that He is doing everything He is doing in our lives because it's for the good of our soul. So I got here, and I was able to be working in a such such a unique area. They, they call it events coordinator, where I get to be involved in every event in the school, in the church, uh, in the college, and sometimes uh, helping with some stuff in uh, the Harvest House, where I get to learn the ministry, where I, get, where I get to learn a lot of things that I think I can use if uh, God calls me to, to something that he, he, he wants me to do. One of my favorite quotes of all time was something that uh, Hudson Taylor said uh, somewhere along the road. He said, God always gives his best to those who leave the choice with him. And uh, I've thought of that often, especially in these seasons of life when we're making so many big decisions that are going to affect us long term. Uh, God's not trying to fool us, mm -hmm. and uh, he's not trying to make us miserable uh, if we'll trust him and let him lead us, God always, always gives his best. And it's a sweet story of uh, how God's been working in your life, for sure. Yeah. And I just uh, want to mention about how God reminded me of that with uh, using the, the first niece in the family, baby Zoe. Uh -huh. My sister-in-law just gave uh, birth to her, to her a month ago. She was at uh, Sagwa expecting that her delivery would be normal. But then just for nine hours, she, she, she tried to uh, push the baby, but just doesn't come out. So I have to drive her back 
I have to drive her to uh at the GMH and as as Pastor Jared knows, I I just learned how to drive and I got here. So <laughs> it was it was so intense driving for a, a pregnant woman, avoiding the potholes and then when I saw the baby after how many hours I was like I, I was like I was hoping for a boy but God gave her family a a girl. It melts my heart and I I was reminded that God always has something better for us. Mm-hmm. It's better than what we think would give us joy in our lives. It's what God has prepared for each of our lives. It's amazing to me. It's a great lesson to learn, Jet, and uh, to learn it at your season of life is really awesome, that you can trust God and uh, His uh, will is always good. It's not mm-hmm. that we won't have struggles, there won't mm-hmm. be hard times along the way. In fact, those are the things that God uses to to uh, mold us into his image. But yeah, it's great to know about the fact that we can trust him. And we're really thankful for the ways that God has directed your family here to Guam and to Harvest. And the Kandas are uh, such an important part of our church family. There's a love for God that's seen in your hearts and you care about people. So we're thankful for that. And Jet in particular, who's in the office, right in our main office area, just has this happy, joyful spirit. You uh, uh, do a great job working with a lot of different people, so we're thankful for that. And Jed, I'd tell you this, I've told you this before, but I really do believe that God's got some special plans for your life and for your future. Um, and I'm excited to be a part of watching what God does as he's preparing you for your future and for your ministry. You said something about this, but do you have any long-term uh sort of vision for what you think God wants in your life or where are you at right now in your life? Uh, I, I wasn't thinking of saying this in the, on the radio station, but I think God's uh, speaking to my heart about going back to PI and uh, starting a church. Mm. And I've been talking to my friends and uh, they are willing to, to help with that. But I, right now I just, it's, it's uh, right now I'm out of my comfort zone. I'm in a different culture, different language. And uh, again, my timidity is kicking in. So there's just a lot of things that I should do that I cannot because I am ashamed, because I am embarrassed. So uh, I'm, I'm, exci- I'm excited of how God would use me in, in a place where I am not comfortable of doing what he wants me to do before I go back in a place where I can just speak my own language, I can just act my own, my own culture. So I think this is a learning, learning process for me to be able to do what God wants me to do in a very, sometimes very uh, uncomfortable way for me. Well, you're right, and I don't know what God has for your future either. Um, but even as your story has already uh, unfolded before us, uh, sometimes God's future isn't necessarily what we have planned. That's true. <laughs> and um, so I'm excited no matter what God does in uh, your life. Uh, I'm going to encourage you to stay close to him and love his word in the way that you do and care about people. And yet we're excited to see what God's going to do um, in your life. And thank you for sharing your story so clearly with us. Um, we are continue to pray for you as God leads you in, uh, in your life and in your ministry. Thank you. 
And thank you for listening to this edition of Harvest Time. We'd like to personally invite you to services this weekend at Harvest. We begin at 9.30 a.m. Sunday morning. Now we have children's programs, adult Bible fellowships, and if there's something uh, you're not clear on, you can always stop at our kiosk right in the front of the auditorium. There are folks there that can help you, give you directions to classes, things like that. And then at 10.30 a.m., it's our regular morning worship service. We're continuing that series in Growing in Grace. If you ever need any more information, go to hbcguam.org, hbcguam.org. Thank you for listening to Harvest Time.